All right, guys, Big Joe here on Turnbuckle Talk. Now, Carl, unfortunately, is under the weather, but in his spot, we have a special guest host from Hitting the Marks, Mr. Rick Vickery. Welcome to the podcast, sir. It's me, it's me. It's that order the beat of the V. Rick Vickery here, getting ready, getting the hot tag. And I, I got this call at the last minute. Yep. But hey, I'm still raring to go to get to hit a couple marks here at Turnbuckle Talk. Awesome. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Let's start off with a doozy here uh, this week, Rick. Now, the Royal Rumble, you know, I was really torn about this whole show because, like you, the Royal Rumble is one of my favorite WWE pay-per-views of the year. In the Men's Royal Rumble, we had something really bizarre, in my opinion. I have not been very fond of this woman pretty much since she's gotten into the WWE. Nia Jax being involved in the Men's Royal Rumble. I'm really curious to see what your take is on this. Well, well Joe, you're exactly right. And maybe you need to go a little bit further. I mean, it's just not one of my favorites. It is my favorite event of the year. I mean, to me, the Rumble, it outshines WrestleMania. I've always been a sucker for Battle Royal-style matches, and especially when you add that gauntlet element to it, you know, all the surprises, uh, names from the past coming back, yep. the, the hopefully great names of the future, all blending together with the current stars. Something magical about the Rumble. It's just, to me, it's just a little bit, it's just a step above from everything else, the norm that we see in professional wrestling. Now, when we're talking about Nia, you know, entering the men's Rumble, I think, you know, if we go back five, ten years, this isn't a big deal because we have seen this in the past. You've had, you know, the Hall of Famer, Beth Phoenix. You had Karma in there. Yep. You had China, you know, that could, that could make that crossover. But we're talking about, you know, just not professional wrestling but a generation change for the entire world now where you draw that fine line, that, that PC line of what's appropriate interaction between men and women. And obviously, you know, when, when this went down, you could, you could tell from the audience there in the stadium to even those, you know, in the wrestling circles we run with. I, I know, you know, when there's a big event like that, you're regularly out there Absolutely. With, with everybody. And it was, there was an awkward feeling for a little bit of, are they really going to go through with this? And especially how WWE has already defined themselves with these recent mixed match challenge when they do their intergender tag. You know, it is an ultimate seemingly no-no to have any exchange between the sexes. I mean, they're getting a little, a little easy, loose and easy with that where we're seeing the women physically assault or accost the, the male superstars. But it's been a definite no-no for a male to touch a female. And this, yeah, I think, you know, it initially was that awkward moment. But to me, man, it was the pop of the night. I don't know if it's just because it was Nia Jax's. As you're saying, you're not a fan. I'm not a fan by any means. We could go we could go for days, my issues with Nia Jax. And it has nothing to do with her, her weight or me trying to body shame her. I just think she just absolutely is terrible at her job. You want to get down to it. Yep. But, I mean, that pop, that moment when Dolph Ziggler super kicked the crap out of her. <laughs> I mean, I came unglued. I, I know so many other pro wrestling enthusiasts fans came unglued. I, I think it was a good moment, but I don't. I was kind of, and I'm still to this day. We're a couple weeks, you know, out from the rumble. I don't know if it was meant to be a rub, a rib, or a punishment. Yeah, that's the thing too, you know. And and you had mentioned, you know, with me with Nia Jax, my beef has never been with her character because it, it is what it is. She's a big woman. You know, they go along with that character, fine. I, I, I get it. With me, the 
issue has always been that she is dangerous in the ring. She doesn't, it's, it seems like, cause I'm somebody that really likes to, I don't sit down and break down moves necessarily during a match, but I, I really pay attention to kind of the subtleties going on in the match. And it's, it's like, she doesn't work on training. Like there's just like little subtle things and everything like that that just said, like, like it just said falls apart for me. Watching her in the ring, it, it, it's it's like watching a train wreck in slow motion sometimes, literally sometimes. Well, I say, you know, she broke in in 2015. And, and just until the end of 2018, I haven't been able to say that she's improved at all. Now, I think she, I think, you know, that match with, with Ronda was probably her best of her career. Not that yeah. it was anything to amaze anyone, but yeah. by her standards, it was. Uh, she, and she's slowly been having better matches, but not enough where I really trust, you know, I, I trust her to go in there and handle my top stars. And, and but even with her character you're talking about, it's just not that if she would have constantly portray, you know, that persona was the big monster. But we don't even get that. We get this, you know, like when she made her run at WrestleMania for the title, it was, oh, the, the body shaming. I, I'm beautiful. I'm big and beautiful. Get over that crap. All right. Yeah. Go. And, it's, and then they're trying to like tell you this narrative that she grew up dealing with this. No, she didn't. She was a young model. She was a star athlete. She played college basketball. She came from a famed family. She wasn't going through no hardships. Don't give me that garbage, WWE. And then if you follow her on social media, she's the biggest snowflake I've ever seen. It's mm-hmm. like a floor for her to go to the gym. Guess what? That's your job. You know, Get in the gym, better yourself, and, and move forward in this business. You're not going to get a, a woe me story from us. We're tired of that crap. Now, I'm going to rewind the clock here for the Turnbuckle Talk listeners. Going back to pretty much when we started as a podcast, when we came from internet radio to being a podcast, we we mentioned, because right around the time is when Breaking Ground was going on. That was the, the whole behind-the-scenes thing, and she was involved in that. And if you go back and you watch that one, you know, when she was in the office talking with Matt Bloom, one of the stipulations when she was getting called up was that she had to work on kind of improving her, just her physical, the physical aspects, like to just to, to make a bit of an effort to, to look a little bit in better shape for lack of a better term. And it just, it seems like that when she, when she got in, they just scrapped that whole thing and then, and then went for this whole character of, like he says, you know, the body shaming and going on with that. It just, it, it felt like, I don't know. It just, it all kind of fell apart. For me. I don't know. You know when it comes to Nia Jax, to kind of put this thing to bed, it, it, I think, and I just can't wait till they part ways with her. And all people, well, you know, she's got, she does have that look and all that. You know what? Uh, that's BS. You give me a half a day outside of any curves uh, in North America, and I'll find you ten replacements for Nia Jax. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. Now, another topic that's really been going around with the circles we run in all over the place: this Dean Amber situation, Rick. And I, I know that. Uh, you have a very slow opinion to me on this where people are like, Oh my God, Dean is going to all elite wrestling. This is another one we got to put to bed, Rick. Well, I was going to say, I, I'm glad you threw this on a run. Uh, and I know you had it on it before I came in. So I guess it was you know, a struck a oak, a perfect storm. Yep. Now I'm from Cincinnati where Dean is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was there when Dean broke into this business. I was at his first one of his, I don't want to say first, but you know, that first big match, uh, his his notable jump into the business was yep. a little promotion called Heartland Wrestling Association. Uh, they were actually a feeding ground for both WWF and WCW. Some tremendous names have gone through there. Yep. And a young Dean Ambrose or John Moxley had won what, their, what was their version of Tough Enough at the time. It was called Make Me a Superstar. And he nice. had won that, and he had debuted there. So I, I, I've had the privilege, the honor to watch Mr. Moxley, Mr. Dean Ambrose, you know, from the very beginning. And he's someone... 
you, you have a tie to when they're from your hometown and you, you've got to go out and you, you've rubbed elbows with them. Like you've had a Jägermeister, a drink with you, you know, so you, you yeah. have, you know, you, you get kind of that, that following, that fondness of them. So I reached out to some individuals that, you know, obviously I'm not enough of a somebody yet in this, in this profession of our professional wrestling journalism to, to call Dean himself. But I reached out to some, some common ground contacts and I, and I'll tell you this, man, this thing is a complete work. And I think it's, it's a genius work on so many levels. Uh, it's a subtle jab at the whole CM Punk situation. It's a jab at all of these rumors of people with this mass exodus, uh, that, that is perceived to be happening within WWE, all these people re- requesting their releases. This is a, a, a brilliant jab at all that and, and a great work. I was almost convinced that it was legit until I saw that press release. And I know you guys touched us on, on a recent episode as well on hitting the marks. I'm giving you guys lots of shameless plugs here and I don't care. I, I dig you guys. I listen to you guys every week that something smelled fishy there because WW doesn't really do that. Well, you're good. And, and I think, you know, for us, us, I will say, you know, the smart fans the smarts, we kind of think that everything is geared towards us. We think inside of our, our small bubble. But we, we forget that we are a, a, a vast minority to the great majority of fans within the WWE. So for that once a week, we'll, or maybe just relies on, you know, me, you know, me or you are on their social media feeds. And that's where they get their wrestling news. I, I have a ton of friends like that. Yep. Rick, I saw you post this, you know, they hit me with a DM. What's, what's the scoop here? So for those individuals, when they see a headline like that, that speaks volumes. Ooh, something big has happened. A former WWE champion, a main eventer, is outright said he is leaving. He's not renewing. See, that's a big deal. And you think about when you hear about that, like in other sports, you know, when ESPN runs like something like that for the NFL or NHL or NBA, that becomes a big deal. It's controversy. So what they're trying to do is create there is that controversy against that fan that isn't in touch with the inside product like we are. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, obviously, you had mentioned, we're not the, the intended audience for that. Because, you know, it, it's clear because, I mean, speaking for myself, I've made this public knowledge that the week-to-week shows, especially SmackDown and Raw, I'm watching them once in a while, if I'm lucky. Because it just for me, it's the equivalent of water torture watching Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. And I gave SmackDown a little bit of a chance, but... Like I said, you know, it started trickling over to the SmackDown as well, you know, with this wooden uh, hemp title that we have over. And, uh, and I get that. That's, uh, that's, that's, uh, Daniel Bryan's doing, uh, you know, he's actually doing really good with that, but it's just, it's, you know, the, the overall weekly product, you know, it, it's this Dean Ambrose thing. It, it's, it's geared towards, you, you can make the argument that it's actually the, the right move because they, they know, I guess, what their audience is because we're obviously not them at this point. Well, you know, you know just, just that release part is more towards them because they are laying the seeds for the inside fan. You know, they're releasing, like, the details that, that Dean was the last one to get offered the extended, you know, lucrative contract where it went to Roman first and yeah. it went to Seth. Or not happy with, you know, the creative direction of – you know, of this Bane Ambrose character, if you will. You know, they're leaking those little things that kind of pull at the strings of the smarts. But but they, they got to market this thing to everyone all around. And this is yeah. going to be a marquee program going into WrestleMania because, I mean, it's all indications it's going to be against Triple H. 
Now, if, yep. if you agree with that or disagree with you know, Triple H taking a spot at WrestleMania, that's here and there because it happens. And when you are involved with Triple H, you become a marquee player. You're going to get a prime spot. You know, you're going to get that spotlight. Same could be said, you know, for whoever is going in working with with a Shane McMahon, you're going to be elevated for WrestleMania because yeah. McMahon is going to get a spotlight. Well, there's always that argument. I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that with this thing of Triple H stealing a spot at WrestleMania. Now, I, I get that that line of thought, but at the same time, you know, just like a, a Brock Lesnar, when you put Triple H on the show, ratings and interest go up, and that's why that program makes sense to me. It's a hard pill for individuals to swallow, but yeah. it's a harsh reality. You know, they, yeah. they move the numbers. And a lot of that does come down. It's the fault of WWE and their branding, where it is the, you know, the overall brand, it, it rules supreme, unless your name is McMahon. Yeah. You know, they'll elevate them. And that's just, I think I have always said, I believe that's to make sure in case they sell, that the McMahon still have worth. But anyone else, you look at, you know, the supposed superstars, which is, I mean, it has been driven into the ground. It is almost meaningless now. We don't have true megastars. You know, you can almost take anyone on that roster, take them out today, and we don't even remember them a month later because, you know, it's it's interchangeable parts into the machine. You you read my mind because I was was thinking the exact same thing. We're we're in that age now of the superstar and no big standout super megastars like your Stone Cold Steve Austin's, like your Rocks, like your John Cena's. The age of that... It feels like it's going away, man. Well, I think, you know, a lot of that came in when you get Stephanie fresh out of college. She's got these bright, cutting-edge ideas. And and this is where you really start to see the emergence just in business of buzzwords and the importance of branding. And she got the old man on board with it. And and I actually think even going back to the the steroid suit of the 90s where Vince about lost everything. And, you know, when Hogan goes to WCW and now immediately one man makes a move and his competitor is – you know, the other company is a serious competitor arrival. It, it scared him like no other. And, you know, after he, he had to rely on an Austin and a rock. But after he came the only show in town, it was never again will anyone rise above my ultimate WWE brand. You've even seen where he holds down Cena, who was the face that run the place for so long. Yeah. He never was able to achieve those levels because they were held him down. They, they know brand above all. Absolutely. Now, dealing with more, and I'm going to use the finger quotations that nobody can see because we're doing audio of releases. Now, there's a couple that I've been seeing flowing around that, for lack of a better term, are just making my eyes roll because I think that they're absolutely absurd. And I'm, I'm dying to talk to you about this, of all elite wrestling supposedly having their eyes on both Brock Lesnar and AJ Styles. Wow. <laughs> Well, I would say kind of we've had uh, Jericho. He's, you know, he's turned the old Twitter thumbs over there. And yeah. I don't know what, what actually, when he's hitting send, how many drinks he's had lately. He's been all over the place. Oh, I yeah. love me some Jericho. He's in my all-time favorites. Love Jericho. And he knows how. He knows how to stir that pot. He mm-hmm. knows how to work the masses. And that's something you just have to absolutely love about Chris Jericho. But he put out a tweet, you know, with everyone kind of, ooh, a you know, all elite AEW, they want this talent. Uh, this Somebody wants to leave, the, they're going to jump over here. They're going to have this booming roster. But Jericho put out a tweet and kind of put the other promotions on notice. Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, WWE, there's only maybe six to eight individuals between all of your companies that we really would consider signing to all elite. The rest of them are out there for our taking anyway, who we want. So it kind of makes you wonder who they would be. But 
I guess to go to these two names that you're mentioning, uh, I think that Brock Lesnar, that Brock Lesnar name, you know, that's just really to stir the pot. It, it oh, gets yeah. people. It, it 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 entices emotion, positive or negative, because you're going to get that, especially from the core group that's backing all elite. That is your extreme smart group right now. Yep. And when you say names like Goldberg or Brock Lesnar, oh, oh, they can't come out. Those guys can't. Their work rate's terrible. Who are they going to wrestle here? They're just going to come in and demand the top dollar. They're not going to give anything back to the product. But what they don't realize is just by associating with those names, you're already strengthening your brand awareness. And, I, and going back to before before you gave me a call to hop on here with you tonight, I was watching the latest episode of Being Lee. They're out in Vegas. They're kind of measuring out, sizing up the arena, and they're taking some photos back in the uh, the Walk of Fame hallway. And they did a hard zoom in on a UFC poster featuring Brock Lesnar. And I think you know what? That's a little bit of a rib. They know what they're working. They know what they're doing. In the case of AJ Styles, you got to believe when we're talking six to eight names, I think he's got to be at the top of that list. How, how much would they love to bring AJ over? We're talking about you know feeding the needs, feeding the hunger of that core audience they're going to have. AJ Styles screams poster child for that. I, everyone's going to love that move if they can pull it off. And I guess AJ now, he's out. You know They've offered him WWE where they have been looking at three-year deals. I guess they're yeah. asking these talents to sign five-year deals now, and he doesn't want to lock down to that. No, because I was, I was just going to say, if AJ were – to sign any kind of contract with them, I doubt very highly that it would be an exclusive deal. Well, I think, you know, look, AJ's getting up there in age. He is. Uh, and, and, it, and I guess one thing we don't know as well, too, there's so much with All Elite that is still unknown. We're still in that, in that hype phase. Yeah. You know, we don't know if they're going to be touring. I mean, what, what does a schedule for All Elite look like? Yeah. You know, do you handle your own bookings? Do they have an office that's going to handle if you go to Northeast Wrestling where we just saw the elite show up at? Yep. Or can he stay kind of in that Georgia area, work in the Southern Territories? You can. Is he going to be able to to maybe restructure a deal and go over to Japan and do four four tour dates or something like that? What's going to be the easiest and most lucrative for AJ Styles? That's the big question. And, and the big thing, too, with All Elite Wrestling Rec is that we still don't know what their distribution, uh, what their TV or, or you know, if they end up going uh, with just streaming, whether it be like a Netflix or a Hulu or, or whatever. You know, that, that to me, that's still the biggest unknown is that we don't yet really know outside of being at a live show how we're even going to watch all this madness. Well, hopefully, you know, <laughs> thir- this Thursday, I believe, the 7th is this Thursday, I believe, uh, we've, we've got another press conference. Yep. So they're going to announce ticket information. I'm not expecting any TV announcement yet because I'm wondering you think about this, Joe, if you know, the rumor is they've got it down to two legit uh, distribution options for television here. But wouldn't you want to make sure and all, all indications point to yes, they're going to have no issues selling uh, tickets to double or nothing. But wouldn't you want to make sure that you do have that arena filled before you announce television? Because I mean, let's say, you know, you're coming from just hypothetically, you're coming from from Canada, and you already you know what I'm going to make the trip to Vegas. I'm this last time. You know what the hell with it? I'm I'm all in for double or nothing. Yep. Well, if they come out and tell you that they're going to have a television taping in Michigan, you're going to cancel that Vegas trip because you know you're going to be able to get three or four days in Michigan, which is right down the road from. Yeah, and, and so you want to make you want to make sure you get all that money invested in you know all the eggs in the basket for Vegas before you start. You know, talking about, all right, we have television. So, our, you know, we're not stupid guys. We're going to be able to figure out they're going to have to tape this somewhere. So I'm going to hold off for the tapings. 
make sure you get this money before you start asking for the other. And plus, uh, like you mentioned, uh, when and if they do sell out double or nothing, you know, as long as that, that happens, then, you know, then they have that to use ammunition to go to the networks and say, hey, we're all elite wrestling. We sold out Vegas. Do you want us? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it helps them. And I'll tell you what, Jargo threw out some great numbers. We were looking at, you know, the possibilities. TBS seems like a, a very serious home for these guys. Do you know the Big Bang Theory gets $2 million for an episode? Yep. So you could take that money and give it to AEW for an hour, hour and a half, two-hour block. And, and you're almost saving money, and you're getting, you know, wrestling's relatively cheap. That's why Ring of Honor even exists, because Sinclair can produce a cheap product for syndication. You're getting a, a cheap original, and it's going to be hot. It's going to be hot coming in. Now you just mentioned that, and this isn't on the, the document. I'm glad you mentioned it. When AEW does come, and if they do a weekly wrestling show, how long do you run? Do you run an hour? Do you run two? Or do you go more? You know, you, this is where you get into that gray area. And I know we've talked about this many a times, is the oversaturation in the marketplace. Yep. I almost think, you know, you look at a product like NXT and a lot of times it leaves that audience hungry for more. You get that sweet hour in there. Yep. But, you know, but then we go over to, you know, to keep it within comparison to the WWE universe, you know, Raw three hours is an absolute overkill. I I think, I think that two hour mark is pretty sweet. I think what kind of, what hurts SmackDown in that two hour mark is the hangover from Raw. Mm-hmm. People are just turned off to WWE by the time Tuesday rolls around. That no matter how hot that show is, you, you've kind of got you've got that bad taste in your mouth from yep. the red brand. And now going just for that short hour, I was talking about how hot NXT is. But like ML, did you get a, did you have a chance to catch MLW Major League Wrestling this past weekend? Uh, I'm about a week or two behind on MLW, With unfortunately. Super, well, you know they had their super fight up there in the ECW arena. I heard about that. Yeah, and, and, and maybe it's because that was such a uh, a marquee event. The hour wasn't enough. It just felt so rushed. Yeah. I would love to see a wrestling promotion take a stab at that 90 minute mark. Yeah. I, I think that'd be something different, you know, just kind of, all right, you're not quite at two, but you're giving me a little more than an hour. Yeah. And, and there's the, the possibility too, that the, the Tuesday night might be the, the time slot. And I'm going to have to say it for the reason that you just kind of mentioned that I think that Tuesday night might not be a great choice for them because like you said of the raw hangover, I know I definitely suffer for it from it when I do very rarely decide to tune in for Monday Night Raw. I'm like, that, okay, that's my fill for the week, as well, mediocre I, and as bad as it was. I think, you know, a lot of that, that Tuesday talk is coming from, I believe they filed trademarks for Tuesday Night Dynamite. Night Dynamite. So, so that's where, that, you know, that's what leads us down down that path. Yep. Uh, you know, a lot of people immediately when you hear Tuesday, oh, they're going to be going against WWE. Well, remember, by the time we get to air, WWE is going to be on Fridays on Fox. It's going to be a, a different ball game. Yep. So I, I think they really are. They're looking at just people by human nature. We, we're creatures of routine. So they're hoping maybe they'll hang around. Tuesday night has been embedded in us now for a while. Tuesday night is a wrestling night. Yeah. So let's let's tune in for it. And maybe we'll. Maybe we won't have that raw hangover because this isn't affiliated with WWE. All right, now we got through three hours. We've we've walked through three hours of, of hell to get to the Graceland here for mm. you know for AEW, if you will. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I, I'm uh, you know cursed to see 
You know what's going to happen? You know, have you made the, the the silly kind of statement that you know what if this whole aid big because we were talking with uh, with Kim Arlup on uh, the last episode and, and I mean that was a really interesting conversation to to hear the uh, the perspective from a female wrestling promoter which is very unique in our business and made the mention of like what if this whole AEW thing is just one big rib and they're just selling merchandise and they, they never even run a show and I, I know that, that that's ridiculous but uh, you know I'm, I'm just really curious to see you know how it all pans out I'm just hoping that they don't just directly try and compete head on to WWE like when they went and did this thing right in Jacksonville I felt kind of like you that that was a bit of a kind of a jab that, at, at them that they didn't really need to take at that point that I'm just hoping that they that they tread carefully and you know don't uh, go after the beast too much because I, I think it could be to their detriment well I think yeah you, you don't want to you know to, to rock the cradle a little too much and I think not even so much that you're starting this promotion that you're getting people excited that, you know you go you Maybe I'll, I'll loosely use the term "steal a Jericho." Yeah, I think what I think what really you don't want to poke the bear with is this talk of like insurance, mm-hmm. uh, increased wages. Yeah, those are the things that are really going to upset the bear. Yep. Because once you start, you know, finagling their figures, then you're really taking a strike at them. I mean, I've, I've said over and over, even if all elite, if they don't even make it five years. Let's be honest. In any business, I mean, it's if you make it past a year, it's successful. I mean, it's it's hard to get over in any business, uh, especially mm-hmm. something the magnitude of professional wrestling. But let's say in fi- let's say they make it five years and they go out, but they leave the lasting impression of we are seeing uh, you know healthcare provided for injured wrestlers, where you know guys that are coming into the company, it's not uh, a two hundred and fifty downside for the stars in NXT. They're up there around that Nakamura money of seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. I mean, that could really change and shake the foundation of professional wrestling, and especially WWE, who's just been a money hog for all these years. Yeah. Uh, going from these hypothetical releases to something that uh, it's uh, it seems to be a legitimate thing here, got to be, in my opinion, one of the biggest recent ball drops for the WWE. And we we're talking about Hideo Tommy leaving the WWE. Where does this guy go from here? Yeah, you know, here's the thing with, with Kent. Uh, let's say, hey, he didn't waste any time, and it was like, boom, within yeah. like seconds. He, he dropped the WWE handle. He is back to who he is. He's back to the roots, Kent. Uh, yep. You know, this was, you know, he was that first one. He was he was huge, a huge Triple H guy. He was going to be that breakthrough Far East star, uh, you know, that was going to transcend, you know, what how we perceived, you know, the Asians in WWE. So unfortunately, uh, a huge injury put him on the shelf. I mean, it was over a year, like almost a year and a half, correct? Yeah. yeah. So, somewhere somewhere along. I forgot. Long, I completely forgot about him in WWE, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah. Well, I, I lost, mean, totally lost track of him. He comes in. He, he's got a huge, huge fanfare surrounding him. The hype machine's behind him. And then we get this injury. So by the yeah. time he comes back, now you've got, you know, you've got the Nakamura's, the Oscars. You've got a handful of other Far East stars in the company. So now he's no longer a novelty. You know, there's nothing special or unique about him. He's just, he's kind of just lost in the shuffle, uh, especially, you know, if like a Nakamura and an Asuka who have emerged as tremendous standout stars within the company. It was really hard for him to fit in. He, he, co- he tries to make that comeback. Is hit with another injury. I mean, the cards, they, they just never, you know, he never got the right hand here. 
Yeah, and even uh, you know, venturing slightly off from uh, from Atami to to like you had mentioned Shinsuke Nakamura, you know, one of the biggest things that 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 made me angry with him is when they they set up this thing with AJ, and it should have been a fantastic rivalry, and it got reduced to me no speak English, I punch you in the dick. That's what it. Yeah. it that's what they turned it into. It turned it into a laughing stock, Rick. It, it turned into just a joke. Well, yeah, it, yeah, the term I, that I always love, man, hashtag LCDB, lowest common denominator booking. Oh. You know, it, it, it was all about low brow and low blows. Literally. What, what, what really turned me off to it is, you know, he wins the Rumble. He announces there that night that he wants, you know, the WWE Championship. He wants AJ Styles. Immediately, we all explode. Oh, we're going to get a, a Wrestle Kingdom match. Now, we knew. We were smart enough to know it wasn't going to be anywhere near the level of what they were given to do over in the dome, they weren't going to be over. They weren't going to be given that time. They weren't uh. going to be given that spotlight. But we knew it could have. It could have really shined on the mid card. But what did we get? We got nothing in a build. I mean, it was almost like Nakamura disappeared for six for six weeks as they got right. themselves. You know, they had to. Uh, that's why I hate the stopgap pay per views. We got mm. two of them this year: Elimination Chamber and Fastlane. We, we got to just kind of stumble through those before we turn it on on the road to WrestleMania. And then it was about respect. And then you kick off the program with the low blow at WrestleMania. I mean, that was complete BS. And then the program was a disaster after that. And it's something that Nakamura has not been able to recover from. Uh, and we've seen a, a failed run with the United States Championship. You know, right now it's oh looking like God. they're just, you know, they're going to pair him with Rusev. And my guess is, you know, that's a, the next contestant's on. <sighs> the tag division is a joke. Come on down. They're probably after the after Miz and McMahon go through the Usos. That's going to be here. All right, calling number 72. You guys are up. You know, that's how much of a joke that division is. And I guess it, I guess the rumor is his contract is coming to an end. It, I guess they're looking for an extension with him. It seems like he is happy, but you got to be thinking, you know, New Japan is spending a lot more money and they're giving, you know, longer than one-year deals. Yeah. It's got to be in the back of his mind to go home. Yeah, uh, you, you had mentioned something that, that um that came up that kind of interests me. You had mentioned the, the the lack of build here because you're a marketing guy, Rick. What's the what's going on with WWE and, and the, just this lack of of build with the the storylines and these rivalries? In your opinion, well, what's what's going on with this? Well, I think you know I'll put WWE. I don't want to be completely negative on here. We're talking yeah. about marketing wise. You know, just just with the Super Bowl halftime heat. I thought that was a fantastic. Yeah. Stroke of genius. And, you know, and I've, I've heard a lot of people, well, it would have been bigger if, if they used main names and put a championship. No, that's not what it was for. Nope. I mean, they, they had the perfect storm. Essentially, what we saw was their Super Bowl party. All yep. that audience, that was the employees. And I don't know, Joe, if you picked up on it, you know, usually like you get an Adam Cole, you know, like the smart fans that love NXT, they'll go along with the, hey, hey. You didn't see that. Nope. They knew. And, and when you have a plant audience that's invested in the product because – they worked there, man. It was a, it was great. Uh, they did a great job of using the dot dot dive style. It was a crash. It was high energy, big impact. Yep. You highlight the character of the dream, the athleticism of a ricochet. The way they shot it, brilliant in my mind. And it was a grassroots campaign. I was at a Super Bowl party. I pulled out the laptop, had it on my phone. <laughs> Guess what? People said, people said the hell with this Maroon Five garbage. Yeah. They were wondering what I had going on. And huh. then, you know, I initially get those first jokes. Oh, you're watching wrestling. Oh yeah, you're that wrestling guy. But you know what? After the after a couple seconds of jokes, their eyes were still fixated on what was going on with NXT, and I got questions the rest of the evening. So that's what WWE was shooting for. That, in a sense like that, brilliant marketing. Now talking about the in-ring product, 
to break it down as simple as I can, I don't think they care. They're more worried about what they got going PC, about you know how the perception through charitable events, building up Lady Ball, Stephanie McMahon, you know, doing all these other projects that the crew that's responsible for, you know, targeting the in-ring product, they just seem a step behind the rest of the company. Yep, I'll agree. And going back to uh, watching on your laptop, I mean, I have a uh, in the in the background. I have something that says "Pro wrestling is not a crime." That fits right in uh, to your to your, your Super Bowl story. There, it is not a crime to be a wrestling fan, folks. Hey, but I, I am not ashamed in any way. I embrace it. I, I love going out. <laughs> I love going around. You know, the towns that I frequent. You know, for work, I travel through Ohio. I, I embrace it. I love when people come up to me. They recognize me for my contributions through. You know the. Gr- the Roar Network with the GorillaPosition.com yes. over on the Hameen platform through one wrestling video. Uh, now my, I work with Battle on the Border Pro Wrestling. I embrace that. I am proud to be uh, associated with professional wrestlers, you know, wrestlers and wrestling. Absolutely. Well, before we get to our interview this week, Rick, let's do our showstopper segment that uh, that uh, that Carl came up with uh, a while back now, and it's become a staple on the show now. And this has specifically to do with dangerous finishing moves in the business and referencing specifically something that, that I saw a, uh, a double foot stomp from the upper upper move very similar to the, the coup de gras that uh, Finn Balor does and the wrestler suffering a, uh, a collapsed lung due to, uh, to this happening and not being done properly. Now, <clears throat> in your opinion, Rick, are there some moves that should be just banned from professional wrestling or is the issue more with just wrestlers not being trained properly and not executing these things right? Or is it somewhere in the middle? Yeah, I was going to say, I think, you know, it's a, it could be a little column A, a little column B, maybe a little column C. I think there's a lot of variables that need to be considered when we're looking at this thing. Uh, you, <clears throat> you've got, you know, you've got talents from all different levels, indie promotions from all different levels, quality of training from all different levels. And, you know, this is, a, it's a dangerous business. You yep. know, at any time, the simplest move can go wrong. Uh, and sometimes no one's fault or maybe just a small miscue and you can see you know serious injury or someone you know like unfortunately in this case someone lost a life now i don't know if you start regulating uh maneuvers and i agree that each promotion uh if you're running a show what should be most important to you is the safety of your performers you know not the over the top ooh and ahs like that and i think that maybe is is what needs to be regulated if you will and and in turn maybe the fans are a little responsible too because we get a little overexcited and we over expect we lose so much of the traditional storytelling in matches and now it's just all about car crash after car crash yeah and you 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 tend to see this uh i'm gonna say specifically you know as much as i love nxt a lot of the times we we see a lot of this uh, in NXT, where you just you had this high octane and this ultra dangerous stuff, and again, it's inter- like you said, it's entertaining to a certain point. But uh, as somebody you know who, who's uh, somebody who follows the business very closely, and you know, like sometimes we get to talk to these people in person here. It's like, dude, take it easy. You don't need to kill yourself out there to still put on a good show. Well, that's right. You know, that's where it's more. You're you're old school like I am, man. Yes. We, we came up where you know characters over strong. Yep. You know if you can wow me just through your persona, that's what I needed. You know go out there and tell tell a story. You know one of the greatest of all time, Jerry Lawler. Yep. 
I mean, he could even in you know into the '90s, he could go out there, work a 15-minute match, have you on the edge of your seat, and only do like three moves, and and you'd still want more from him because he was so masterful at the art of pulling you in, drawing you in, you know, letting you back out, reeling you back in. I mean, the emotion that you felt with him and the persona you lived through him. And nowadays, it's just not professional wrestling. It's our society. You know, it's this video game society that we're in. Everything's got to happen so fast. You know, yep. instant gratification. You know, nobody wants to let anything draw out. Well, you know, for, you for uh, you know, Jerry Lawler, for me, I mean, if you follow me on social media at all, you know that my favorite of all time was a fellow Canadian, Roddy Roddy Piper. I mean, there's a guy that all you had to give him was Jimmy Snuka, a cardboard cutout behind him with with a little bit of wood in there and a coconut, and you had something that got over fantastic. They didn't have to go out there and buckle bomb and throw each other down on the floor and stuff. It, just a, a well-executed segment like that, and a wow, you know. That, that, hey, you know, you're talking about cardboard cutouts. I guess great minds <laughs> think alike. Great minds think alike. Absolutely. You know, and like I said, you know, at, at the end of the day, you know, just go out there and put out a good show. You don't have to kill yourself out there. You know, you know, you don't have to. It doesn't have to always be like with uh, Kenny Omega and his New Japan stuff, where they just it's over the top. I don't know about you, but all that stuff it just gets exhausting to watch. As entertaining as it can be. It's sitting there going, just it's like an emotional roller coaster that it's good to a certain extent, but then my blood pressure gets so freaking high, you know, it's it sometimes it's too much. Well, I tell you, a, a tremendous young independent talent uh, by the name of uh, Eric Fallen just recently yes. told me, you know, when when you go to a show, and I love the comparison to a roller coaster because that's the way he laid it out. When you go to a show, you know, it's like going to a theme park. Yep. You want to ride all the roller coasters, but they all don't need to be the same. You want them to be different, and you want to be excited for different reasons. And you can have that in pro wrestling. We don't need the dot, dot, dive over the top nonstop. I'll tell you what. I think this is this has been a fantastic showstopper question here. I can't wait to, to get the opinion of our guest, Mr. Mad Max Morrison, what he you – know, his thoughts on protecting each other in the ring and how you approach, you know, just making sure your own safety and – your competitor safety is is taken into consideration. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned your last guest, Eric Fallen, and, and uh, him mentioning that. And I absolutely agree, and I thought that was a great point that you know that they, these big spots when they get repeated in shows, it, it, to me, it, it takes a takes me out of it. You know, and then that uniqueness kind of goes away. You know, and that gets into to a whole other discussion too with uh, with finishing moves, like, like I mentioned with Carl. It was it was on a fairly recent episode. Uh, move specifically the super kick has gone from being a devastating match ending move to now it's just something kind of angry. It's a, head, it's a headlock. <laughs> exactly. You know? And, and so then when you see a wrestler try to use it as, as a, a legitimate finishing move, then, then you just, you know, it, it, it all starts to break down after that, you know? So, you know, I thought that was, that was a great point though, that just, you know, that keep it unique folks at the end of the day. Very well said. Very Rick, well, that was a good discussion on the topics that we wanted to get to. But let's get to our main event here, and uh, let's get to our interview with Mad Max right after this. 
independent contractors in the professional wrestling industry. If you're looking for a way to put the power of the media in your own hands, contact Pinned LLC. Pinned LLC is media and marketing for the professional wrestling industry. It's your one-stop, one-click online profile and so much more. With Pinned, you'll receive a full background story, photo gallery, an interview conducted with you, links to all your social media and where you can be booked, and yes, a 60-second custom television commercial all about you. Get more info today. Email pin.biz at gmail.com. That's pin.biz at gmail.com. Or click the icon at thegorillaposition.com to get more info about Pin. Remember, get connected, get booked, get pinned. I'm a stats man. I'm a stats man. Well, because the problem is when you cater to that audience, what you do is you turn everybody else off who's not a part of that audience. And that's why ratings are down 23% from two years ago. It's going to be fascinating to see what happens when Monday night football is over and the rating doesn't really change. Because it doesn't seem, regardless of how many people are watching Monday night football, the raw rating is not changing whatsoever. It's not like you've got a bad game and the raw rating goes up or you've got a really good game and the rating goes down and it levels out next week. That's not been the case whatsoever. They've lost 750,000 viewers this year. I mean, when you want to talk about comparing to yourself, that's what I'm looking at. Look at the 10-week trend. Look at the three-month trend. Look at the year-long trend. You're losing viewers left and right. Hey guys, this is the mad one, the master of the mosh, Mad Max Morrison. You're listening to Joe and Carl on Turnbuckle Talk. All right, Big Joe and special guest host today, Rick Vickery, back here on Turnbuckle Talk. Hey, you know, uh, hey, great opening segment, having a blast here on Turnbuckle Talk. Uh, not very often. Hey, at least I'm allowed on a Canadian podcast. Yes. Uh, I've got another month before they're going to let me into the country. But hey, I, I'm not the most important guest we got on this episode. Hey, I, actually, I'm not even close, even close to the level we're about to go here, Joe. Of course, we have special guest on the show here today, Mad Max Morrison. Welcome to the podcast, sir. Uh, what's up, Joe? Thanks for having me on. So let's get the not-so-easy question that we like to ask all of our guests right at the beginning. What got you into this crazy world that we call professional wrestling? Uh, my balls and a pair of legs. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's definitely something I've been wanting to do my entire life, and uh, I, find, I found an opportunity to uh, uh, get in and uh, fell in love with it so I'm taking it for everything it's worth and just going, you know, full speed ahead. Now, when you first started watching, was there anybody that caught your eye that got you kind of hooked and you were like, boom, you had that light bulb moment where this is what I want to do? See, growing up, man, I was I was really into comic books, you know, Saturday morning cartoons, all that stuff. So, like, I used to go to uh, Boy Scout meetings and my uh, leader, they used to have wrestling on. So I used to see guys like Sting and the Legion of Doom and, 
Ric Flair and all these cats, and I think it was Sting and Road Warriors because they were so much more like superheroes. I was like, man, that is so cool. Then as I got older, probably about my teenage years, I finally started watching because uh, me and my dad, first pay-per-view I actually got to order was uh, SummerSlam 96, Sean Invader. So ever since then, I was like, yeah, one of these days I want to go do that stuff. That looks so much fun. But Mr. Morrison, Rick Vickery here. Now you're talking about you know those early years. What kind of turned you on and breaking in? Where did you go to you know to learn the ropes? You know where did, who who do you credit as you know that inspiration? Your trainer. Uh, I got my start in uh, at a promotion in Virginia Beach. I found a uh, school founded by uh, Mark Myers. He used, he used to go by uh, Dustman uh, Mark Anthony out here out in uh, the Southside Virginia area. It's called Southside Pro Wrestling, SPW. He had an academy. I uh, started off with him and uh, Marty Reed. Uh, I did that for about a year, year and a half, and then that school got sold off to a gym in Yorktown, Virginia. Uh, it, the company ended up becoming a Primetime Wrestling Alliance. Uh, that was owned by Deshaun Wright, Body by D's Gym. Shout out to them because they're just amazing. Uh, so Marty ran the school for a little while longer. Uh, met my tag partner there, and then uh, a little while later, Marty retired, and then uh, we picked up uh, former NWA national champion Damian Wayne as our trainer, and uh, he's been pretty much my guiding light since. Interesting. Interesting. Now, we've had some lot of wrestlers on the podcast here, and anybody who's gone to an independent wrestling show knows that sometimes – Things don't always go as planned, or some interesting things happen. You know, with our last guest, Kim Arlip, uh, somebody show up in a big dinosaur outfit uh, with with Wolf Taylor, or people that uh, there was a tag team that got arrested by U.S. Marshals right at the show before they went out to the ring. You know, what's the 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 strangest thing maybe that's happened to you, or that you've seen happen at a show that you've been running at? Man, I've seen a lot of stuff happen at shows. Awesome. <laughs> um, Okay, I think one of the I think probably one of the worst things I had ever seen at a show that I was on was in uh, Wilson South Wilson North Carolina. Uh, there was a promotion and it showed up on like all the gag reels online for a while. It went viral, but there was this match between a guy and then um, the wrestler's name was Redman. Well, he was going up and he was getting ready to be hit with the buckle bomb, and the guy that had him up uh, he missed by a little bit went for the buckle bomb and Redman went right over top of the back post and onto the floor. We, we thought he almost freaking died. <laughs> I think I remember seeing something very similar to that on YouTube. I know you see those things that come up on Facebook and, and YouTube went out of, of stuff like that. Now, was it a case of accident or are these guys not getting properly trained? What's going, what, what was going on there? I'm not going to throw stones at nobody, but I, you know, accidents happen in pro wrestling. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, might have just been a missed, misstep, something. But yeah, I remember, I remember seeing that make the circuit Oof. for a while. And every time I looked, I was like, yeah, that I was there. That was scary. <laughs> wow. But it's just one of those moments, you know, it's truly, you're sitting back, you know, as, you know, the audience themselves, they don't really understand the magnitude of it. So you boys in the back are like, it's truly one of those old moments. And it really probably has to reconfirm, you know, how important it is to take care of one another while you're out there. Well, absolutely, guys. I mean, you got to think about it. Every time you're going out there, you're basically trusting another human being with your body. And 
that's almost like a binding contract right there between two, four, however many people. So if I trust you to be able to take care of me so we can go out here and perform and you disobey that trust and do something to get me hurt, then yeah, that's a big problem. That's, that's, the crowd doesn't see that. All they see is like, oh, he got tore up. But no, nah, when it gets in the back, man, it's a way worse situation than that. That's that's just you don't do that to people, you know. I can even imagine because you know, and we all know, you know, especially those that are inside have, have been able to go through that curtain into a locker room or you know deal with the office things like that. But even today's fans, you know, they're aware to this. You know, there's a lot of politics back there, and you've got a, a lot of people that are traveling in the same small circles. You got a lot of great looking. Uh, athletic fit people they're going to be attracted to one another so there's a lot of beefs that come up you know especially like through relationships or you're just who's getting positioned on the card <laughs> but, but through all of that i mean you could you could downright hate the bastard that you <laughs> john cena that night but but <laughs> but, but you know so. going out there no matter what your worst enemy you got to take care of one another correct that is called professional wrestling <laughs> It's professional wrestling for a reason. You go out there, you go be professional. You might want to tear, you might want to choke this guy out and tear him apart. You know, he might have done your old lady, whatever. But at the same time, you got to do business at the end of the day. You know, especially if you get in a really hot program with somebody else. I mean, if you guys can keep this going for a while, you know, the idea, you know, protect each other make some money you can have these big long feuds and that stuff be really spectacular but i mean if you're killing each other out there you know and, and you know that's a topic that i've brought up recently i believe it was on facebook or something uh, revolving some topic of wrestlers being too rough with each other i mean that you know sometimes less is more you know you can put on a really good show without killing yourself out there absolutely because i mean a lot of today's pro wrestling it definitely seems like it's higher pace it's you know a lot more in your face a lot more show but the thing is there's still a story to be told and you want to be able to have longevity in your career so i mean there's a time and place for everything but there's still a place for storytelling so you don't necessarily need to go destroying yourself you can go out there and tell a good story and get yourself over you know what i mean yeah absolutely now one thing that i want to talk about is outside of you know the independent wrestling and what you're doing here. Do you watch any current wrestling going on? Are you are you a fan? I'm still a fan. Yeah, I got I watch a little bit of WWE. I uh, catch New Japan when I can. I just started watching uh, the Wild Superhero Show, the mm-hmm. Women of Wrestling Show. I really enjoy that. It's uh that's almost like a throwback to Glow, man. Those girls are awesome. Oh, that and that and uh, Impact's been getting a whole lot better these days too. I really enjoy what they're doing these days. So, five hundred pound gorilla in the room here. Uh, what's your your opinion on the AEW situation? Because I mean, just around our podcast and the circles we run in, and Rick run, and I run in. I mean, this has been the main topic of, of conversation. And what's your, what's your take on the whole AEW thing? I more places for people to work. I think it's going to be great for the business. I mean, especially, especially with, you know, we're going around that there's people in the big league that just aren't happy or aren't getting pushed well and whatnot. It looked back to what happened when we had WCW around, you had guys jumping ship all the time. And if anything, they were able to go freshen up and actually go do something to go, you know, rebuild themselves and build more creative stories and whatnot. I think it's going to be overall good for everybody because it's going to put the boot in the ass that the business needs to be able to build some stars and stories and make some shit really happen. 
Mr. Morris, you're talking about which which is a tremendous, especially for those that are you know looking to to make a living in professional wrestling. The more places, the more opportunities, the better. But do you see? I mean, obviously, we've got you got WWE up here, and then you kind of got that second tier where everyone's fighting for positioning. You've got you know like the New Japan's, the Ring of Honors, the Impact, Major League Wrestling, uh, all elite now. Do you see where maybe that gets a little that that dance cards is a little too crowded and maybe one of those promotions goes the wayside? Are we going to see some losers in this in this power play? Um, it looks like we're kind of already going that way a little to a degree. Um, I mean, in the fact that as we've seen, there's been people wanting to leave the WWE. You've got people leaving Impact. You got people leaving Ring of Honor, MLW. Everybody's leaving all of these tiered locations and moving around. I'm pretty sure somebody's going to be standing around with, you know, somebody's going to be hurting at the end of the day. But at the same time, everybody's also going to be working too. So look at that as uh, it's going to be a win for the fans. It's going to be a win for the boys because at the end of the day, uh, people are going to be working. And it's going to make room for fresh new talent all the way down the board. So, I see that as just a big positive right there. I, I, I just kind of worry, you know, for the great fans of Impact Wrestling, you know, that within this next five years, fans could be so important that you just see, like, they close up operation, you know, just because it, I guess it's how thin can we spread it is kind of my worry. Right, right, right. I know with Impact, though, they've got, like, this youth initiative going on where they're really focused on the indie scene right now where they're picking up uh, – People that I've been fortunate to be able to share locker rooms with over the last like three, four years I've been doing this. And it's fantastic to see all the people that are going out there, like pouring their hearts out and blood, sweat and tears and hitting the roads and the miles, actually getting a legit shot on TV with a credible company. You know, so that's a stepping stone in the right direction because God knows, you know, first you started Impact, whether they stay open or not, which I hope they do. I don't want to see any company go out of business because it's less content for not only the boys, but it's less content for the fans. Because all wrestling is good wrestling, I think. Because there's something out there for everybody. So if it stays open, it gives everybody like a direction. Say you started Impact, cool. Then you make your way to NXT. You might make your way to New Japan. It's a stepping stone somewhere. Very well said. Uh, I gotta say too, you know, as somebody who does a podcast about wrestling, it, it's it's almost feeling like riding that kind of fine line to where it, it's nice to have all, all these alternatives, but sometimes, like it's just it's it gets a little over because I'd love to watch as much wrestling as I can, but it's like so much and it's so hard sometimes to just keep up with everything that's going on to try and stay relevant with it. With sometimes it's just like I, I just don't get around to it. <laughs> to be perfectly honest, you know. It's definitely hard these days to be able to keep up with everything, it seems like. Because also, too, I guess what kind of helps but kind of hurts is just that it's it's an oversaturation. Because, you know, you got too many options. Oh, God, what do I watch? Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely worth but, uh, but I know for me, as a, as a fan and as a wrestler, I've been – it's actually allowed me to kind of step outside and go on the fringe a little more and start watching more of the – the focusing on the indie promotions and kind of see what's going on there as opposed to the main ones. So I can kind of get a variety and kind of see what's different and out there because there's so much going on now. Now with uh, all of these wrestlers coming in, you know, what uh, would you, you know, 
what kind of advice would you give to somebody that's just kind of starting out? Um, somebody starting out in the business, you just got to keep an open mind. You never know what you're going to get yourself into. You just got to keep your ears open. Just be aware of your surroundings and don't be scared to ask questions. Um, always keep your notebook on you. Go out there and network, network, network. Do your drives, pay your dues, and just put in all the work you can, man. Get your body straight. Go out there and make something of it because pretty much your destiny is in your own control. You're only going to get out of it what you put into it. So if you don't get much, you can only really blame yourself. And I think a good so. mindset to to go into that too, and not just with professional wrestling, but anything, any job or any profession that you get into, I, know, I think the, the right attitude to have is not to go in, like even if you you feel like you're experienced with a know-it-all kind of attitude, because there's always, always going to be somebody that knows more than you or there's more experience or has some more knowledge about a particular thing. Like I said, to keep an open mind and to always be kind of in that learning mindset and not be that know-it-all, because then, then you're going to get probably some hate too, right? So it's, especially if you're fairly new, like you said, keep an open mind and don't be afraid to learn. Yeah. Just go in there and be a sponge. Seriously. Exactly. A lot, the, exactly. A lot all the locker rooms I've been into, I've been fortunate to share with a lot of really great minds that I've spent many years in this business. And there's, I remember this one time I went to a show in particular, I went to go work for fusion out in uh, uh, Yorktown, Virginia. I got asked to be on, I was supposed to work one of my mentors and he didn't show up. So I didn't get a match, but on the bright side, I was able to pick the brain of everybody in there in that locker room. And I learned a lot that night that I took with me and applied my next match. So the payoff was just in knowledge itself. Well, Mr. Morrison, you're, you're talking about, you know, just kind of be a sponge absorbing, you know, the importance of you know learning. Uh, in this day and age, I mean, essentially you're a small business, you're your own brand and there's no better way to get yourself out there than social media. I, I, I can see now, you know, I'm looking up some of your information. It looks like, you know, you're using all the platforms. Can you speak to like how, how important social media is for independent wrestling and how you capitalize on it? In this day and age, it is detrimental that your social media game is on point because that is the broadest spectrum that anybody can even see and know who the hell you are. It's not like back in the old days where you had to literally drive five, six, seven, a thousand miles and hope to God you get seen. Now everybody's becoming a brand thanks to social media. So as long as you're out there and you got content and you're able to network and connect, you know, people are going to look at you. So you got to make sure your site's clean. You got to make sure you got content. You got to make sure you eat making a bad representation of yourself, you know, you, it's just like walking into a job. It's just like having your resume. Your social media is almost your resume right there. It's your marketing. It's your brand. It's got to be good or nobody's going to give a shit. How, how do you balance kind of, you know, the man and the persona? Because one of the things that are so important in professional wrestling, you know, that a lot of fans harp on is, you know, when someone really, and you hear a lot with the WWE, certainly with their superstars, when they're not staying true to their persona. Is that something that, that you focus on or it is kind of, it is what it is. You know, when, when you hear that bell, when you walk through that apron, you get the persona, but outside of that, you're just the, the man. I can only speak for myself on that one, but the persona is not far from the man itself. So I don't really struggle with that too much. The only difference is I keep a lot of my private life outside of, you know, my branding and my social media. I've got another page for that. 
but as far as that goes, to answer your question, uh, I don't stray far from the man and the gimmick. It's all the same. Yeah, because we run into the scenario, you know, I, the last time we had your co-host on uh, the program here, uh, Jargo, uh, Rick, you know, we had, you know, specifically with Rusev from the WWE, you have him being this brute heel kind of character, and then you see on their, his social media account him mowing his lawn in his Speedo. And, you know, and that, that kind of stuff, right? So we run into the double-edged sword there where, yeah, social media, you know, especially on the independent scene is a great way for you to, to build your own brand and get your name out there and, and get noticed. And then, you know, when you get to the Fed, you get to, to the big times. Not done properly, it could really be a detriment to a professional wrestler's career and that whole persona. It very well could. But at the end of the day, it's all entertainment, you know? Absolutely. So, yeah, because I mean, your job's just to go out there and entertain people. And if it if it takes a Bulgarian brute wearing a speedo out on Facebook or Instagram, and you know, forty million people love it, then <laughs> hell, he's done his job. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, you know, going back to to what, of course, you are an independent wrestler. Is there anything that you know bugs you about the independent wrestlers? Is there anything that you would change about it? There's kind of a movement going on in professional wrestling right now. Yep. Uh, just because there's a lot of toxicity in the environment, there's a lot of people out there that don't... Uh, I really don't know how to explain it, but there is a lot of negativity that comes along with pro, pro wrestling, and it doesn't have to be that way. But there is a positive movement running around now where pretty much everybody's trying to help each other for the most part these days. Uh, and that's fantastic. Uh, as opposed, Rather than changing things, I would rather just further promote just the positive message that's going around. Everybody help everybody. We're going to the same places. There's work for everybody. We're trying to create a better world for everybody. So let's just do it together, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, I think there's there's too much of this mindset out there. You know, even with you know what eventually is going to be all elite wrestling, this mindset of having to unseat WWE as number one. It's not. It's for for the foreseeable future. It's not going to happen. I think that just. Everybody just kind of needs to forge their own path. There's, as as Rick stated one uh, recently on an episode of hitting the marks. You know, when it comes to new bars opening up across from other bars or restaurants opening up close to each other, in most places there's enough there. You know, there's enough people there to for there be enough business for everybody. You know, not everybody has to be number one because not everybody can be number one. And that's the thing. Just like you're equating to restaurants and bars. You could have two restaurants side by side, yep. but you could have a Mexican and an Italian joint. It's a market for different people. You could have the same thing, but different people could be into, you know, there's variety. So, yeah, I think it's all it's all going to help each other in the, in the long run. Absolutely. All right, so I think uh, we're, we're getting close to, uh, to the end here, but I, I want to get – your opinion on something here and, and more specifically with yourself here, what's, what do you want to be known for in this business? Your, your legacy. Uh, as far as like my legacy. Yes. What's and, and what's your, your bigger picture plan? Like <laughs> you're, you're, what, what do you want people to remember you for? Your, your wrestling footprint. That's it. Uh, my wrestling footprint. I just want to be remembered for 
having fun, to be honest with you. I've been in entertainment for going on 16, 17 years now. I was a musician long before I was a pro wrestler. Um, every time I went to a show, I went out and got on my drum kit. I put a smile on every face. I uh, try to do the same in wrestling or you know, if I make, piss somebody off, that's even better too. <laughs> but ultimately, my goal is I just want to go out there and entertain. And I just want everybody to remember me for having fun and entertaining them. And hopefully they can take something from it. That works for me. All right. So to end off here, you have an open forum here. You can go ahead and say what you want, plug whatever you want, where people can see you next. Sure. We, I am on uh, Instagram. It's mad underscore max underscore Morrison. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, mad max Morrison. That's two D's, two X's. Um, I'm getting ready to start filming a movie with fuzzy monkey films soon. Uh, Brad twig. It's called death board. Uh, it's a supernatural horror movie, indie style, old eighties camp, late night popcorn flick. I'm excited. I can't wait. Uh, I'm interested Uh, just uh, hearing you talk about it. (laughs) Trust me. I'm a big horror fan. So this is like on my bucket list right here is to actually get into the movies and do that stuff. Uh, you can find me next at Outbreak in uh, Birdsboro, uh, Pennsylvania, uh, this coming Saturday. Yeah, you can find you can check out my social media. It has all my dates. I'm drawing a blank right now because I'm a little underprepared. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no worries, no worries. We, we 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 appreciate your time, sir. Definitely appreciate you guys having me. Awesome. I said, Mister uh, Mister Morrison, Rick Vickery. Just one more uh, quick comment before you take off here uh, i know i came in here on the fly it was last minute call but it was uh, an absolute honor uh to get to, to get to know you get to speak with you thank you i'm looking at a bunch of stuff here i got a, a bunch of your matches pulled up on youtube so i'd like to encourage everyone to go make sure you're out there checking them out bad max morrison two d's two x's some great work over here on youtube sir thank you sir all right rick well it's a good uh Way to wrap things up here. Let's give you you an open forum here to plug anything that you want and let people know where they can find you as well. Well, I say, you know, I came in on the fly, so let me just uh, pull this off the top of my head. Hey, I do it every week, so I should be prepared. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, any uh, of the great Turbuckle Talk listeners out there, please keep up with me, Rick Vickery, across all social media platforms at The Real RBV. Uh, and as show so kind to mention, I also have a show here on the Roar Network platform with my uh, amazing, amazing co-host, one Mr. Michael Jargo. Uh, he comes off as a cold-hearted son of a bitch, but <laughs> deep down inside, uh, he has the heart of a puppy bowl champion. So you have to you have to bear with him a little bit. You can catch him on social media at not Jargo. You can check out our show, the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, at hittingthemarks.podbean.com. And of course, hey, we're in this growing brand business. We are everywhere: Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Just give us a search for Hitting the Marks. Pro Wrestling Podcast, and if you feel so inclined, we have new shows dropping every Friday. Uh, we're going to be running a, a little bit late this Friday because we want to get you all of the, the latest happenings and news from the All Elite Press Conference that we're going to see Thursday night. Uh, but keep your keep your ears and eyes open for Michael Jargo and myself. Awesome. And, of course, to listen to the podcast, you can find us on our original home on Podbean. You can also find us on Google Play Music and their podcasting app. And a lot of those other podcasters out, out there, we tend to show up on there as well. And of course, Powered by the Grill Position as part of the Roar Network, along with Hitting the Marks. 
Signature Spot with Chris Toplack and all of our other fine shows over there as well. And of course, on social media, you can find us at TB Talk Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And now, let's let Carl tell us about our sponsors. Definitely, we have our sponsors at HypeCityVapors.com. Go and check them out for some amazing flavored e-juice for your vape. Go and check out HypeCityVapors.com. Use promo code JKPODCAST for 15% off your entire order. As well, today I am wearing, as usual, my collar and elbow hat. Go and check out collarandelbowbrand.com. If you go and click on one of those, I will know that someone has gone there to let me know that you guys are going and seeing the amazing products that they have over there. So no matter if you click on the link from our social media page or you just go straight to collarandelbowbrand.com, use promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout and get 10% off your entire order. All right, well, that about wraps up for this time, and we'll see you guys on the next one. Thanks for tuning in to Turnbuckle Talk. This is Vinny DaVinci here with Joel and Carl. All your wrestling information and news coming right at you live here on the podcast. I don't know about you guys, but I'm a coffee drinker, and I always got a cup of coffee going for one of these, so. Oh, that's good. What do you got going, coffee? No, bullet bourbon. Hey, there you go. That's not bad. Hey, guys. This is the mad one, the master of the mosh, Mad Max Morrison. And you were listening to Joe and Carl on, what was it one more time? <laughs> oh, dude, you had it perfect. All right. <laughs> and take two. Hey, guys, this is the mad one, Mad Max. One more time. <laughs> it always takes me a couple times on my promos. Oh, I love doing that. <laughs> I, I literally did one of these backstage with Two Cold Scorpio, and it took him 10 tries. So don't feel bad. I got to tell Carl if you got a burp, if you got a fart, if you got a sneeze, get out of the way now, and then we'll be good to go. And I, I and then the yeah, the the, uh, the sound recording is going. So if anything happens, it, it might end up getting used in the outtakes at the end, just so you know ahead of time. Because <laughs> I do an outtake reel, uh, and uh, Rick is uh, well aware of uh, what that's all about. <clears throat> I bet that's gold. Oh, it, some of it really is. All right. <clears throat> All right, guys. So that was our conversation here with, uh, wow, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that was, I'm just not forgetting this here. Let me do it again. <laughs>